Hello and welcome back to the Rough Trade Edit podcast. I hope you are all doing really, really well and staying as sane as possible as the months roll by. These times are difficult. They are continuous. But still, we are not short of new and wonderful music to share and shout about with you. Um, I am so hopeful that music continues to be a bit of a sweet relief for you and bring you a little bit of joy. Um, Our community at Rough Trade is all in this together and the ongoing support I've got to say for new music, for new endeavours, for new ideas, for our shops is so incredibly welcome and yeah just so brilliant to witness. So thank you again and yeah let's just let's keep it going. Um, So this week I'm chatting to Slow Pulp, who completed in quarantine their full-length debut, which is really quite the achievement. And I was lucky enough to catch up with Emily and Henry from the band on overcoming adversity, friendship and the meaning and the magic behind movies. So stay tuned for that. But first, we're going to get into some recent Rough Trade Edit highlights that we have been spinning non-stop. So this October, we welcomed Working Men's Club's debut album into the wide world. The much-hyped Yorkshire band arrived with their highly anticipated self-titled album. And does it deliver or what? So here we have guitars locking horns with floor-filling beats. We got synths masquerading as drums and scratchy, electrifying bedroom demos brought to their full potential by blade-sharp yet sensitive production. It is a feast for the ears yeah check out the track cooker coffee which i'll play a little bit of now some real futuristic joy division vibes for you here you look like a book Next, and Samuel T. Herring and the band are back with their sixth studio record, As Long As You Are. I am, of course, talking about Future Islands. And several years on from that Letterman show moment, uh, the Baltimore group's brand of new wave synth pop full of bright melodies and heavenly choruses is as euphoric and as joyful as anything in their 14-year career. It's a moving and deeply immersive journey. It's often poignant. Here's a little preview for you. This is Future Islands and Plastic Beach. Spend a lifetime in the mirror Always afraid of what someone else would say Be strong, so it took some time to tell you. But you knew from the things I'd say. Why do you say that, babe? Next up, and we have the Nude Party, who are one of Rough Trade's current favourite bands, I would say. Most definitely, we cannot get enough of their clanging 60s grooves. Um, They've got a new album out. It's called Midnight Manor, and it is their second full length, and it is a total good time ride that has 
all the energy, all the passion and all the instant pop nuggets that you could want. Um, Delivered as an overall bright outlook and man, do we need a bit of bright in 2020, right? Um, So make sure you check out their transmission also, which is on our at Rough Trade Instagram TV. It is flipping excellent. It's recorded in a barn. It's a full band, the full band, the full works. It's just, it's so good. I think actually it's the guy from the Black Lips, it's his farm and they've kind of been hanging out there recording music and whatnot. It's just great. It's one of my favourite transmissions I think that we've done. So please go and have a look at that if you are able to. Um, But in the meantime, here is my favourite from the album. This is the new party and what's the deal? And next we have Sylvan Esso, so album number three, and these are Sylvan Esso's most nuanced and undeniable songs, bold enough to say how they feel, big enough to make you join in that feeling. The band described their latest songwriting process as both of us sitting in a room together and having small arguments. It is that push and pull ingredients of the band that deliver the endearing quality and the charm of free love. As abstract and delightful as ever, Amelia Meese's vocal dances off Nick Sandbrook's instrumentals here. So yeah, check out this track from the record. This is Frequency. She's got a frequency and I caught it Flying over me I'll never feel that sound Rushing through the fields and flowers Her voice coming through my doubt She's the one I swear to God in frequency She's got a frequency and I caught it So that wraps another round of recent Rough Trade edit highlights. My schedule, i got to say, is a bit all over the place again. Apologies for that. So likely on hearing this show, we'll also be shouting about new albums from The Nationals' Matt Berninger, uh, Kevin Morby, plus a fantastic Blue Note reimagined record. And The Black Pumas' outstanding debut is reissued with a whole load of extra deluxe delights. Um, so I'll have more on some of those in the next show. But in the meantime... Please keep well out there, Um, stay sane, as I mentioned at the beginning, and look out for each other. This next interview with the wonderful Chicago-based Slow Pulp examines what it is like recording and producing an album in quarantine, your bandmates isolated from each other, and navigating many a personal upheaval. I will tell you, they did real good. So welcome to the Rough Trade Edit Podcast, Emily and Henry. Um, thank you so, so much for joining me today. I know it's super early where you guys are. Um, could you actually just maybe tell us for the, the purpose of <laughs> where you guys are dialing in from today? Yeah, we We're are. We're both in, in Chicago. Okay. Chicago. We live actually a block away from each other. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's kind of like, I guess that's, you're kind of so close, but yet so far, I suppose, with the whole isolation thing, when that was going on. 
Yeah. Yes. We've been kind of like, we've been kind of like potted together as a band for, we like practice and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we didn't see each other for like four or five months, I feel like. Wow. Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah, that's definitely a long time. I guess it's quite, you know, kind of an example of what a lot of bands have been going through. Like, mm-hmm. but I guess it's something that must be quite surreal because when was the last time, or have you ever been in that situation before? Probably not. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I think also we had spent, we lived all as a band together the year before and toured together. We were like, probably spent too much time yeah. together. <laughs> and <laughs> we went kind of from that to no time at all, which yeah. is a pretty stark difference, but. Yeah, it's weird. Definitely weird times for everybody. There is some good news on the horizon, which is that your full-length debut album movie is out on the 9th of October on mm-hmm. their records. Um, it is, I listened to it just before I dialed in, actually. I've listened to it a few times this week, and it's such a brilliant listen. Um, I'm totally hooked. I was already hooked off the first single anyway. It's great. I love it. Um, but I wanted to kind of dive into the recording process a little bit and kind of the circumstances around that um, because this is a pretty special record in that it was largely recorded post-COVID when you were kind of all isolated in different locations, which is probably not an ideal situation um, very, very challenging. And Emily, you've actually detailed some very difficult experiences that you personally um, went through kind of leading up to that point. So I wondered if you could describe how you kind of navigated that time, um, kind of juggling your commitment to music, but then also having to take care of yourself and your family kind of in the midst of a global pandemic. Yeah, um, it was it was definitely strange. <laughs> um, but I think ultimately it was a pretty it was a pretty good thing having the record as something to work on. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't working at my job at that time, so I had a little bit of extra time on my hands. Um, but it was a it was a nice distraction from all the stuff that was happening, and to um, especially with recording vocals, I think you can get so into the nitty gritty of it, and um, just be all in and completely focused on it when you're doing it. So it was a, it was an escape from, from everything. And my dad, um, who was recovering from his injuries, engineered my vocals. I was, as I was quarantined at their house in Madison. And then we would email the files to Henry and he would plug them into the song and, and finish mixing. And then we'd just be sending back mixes and, and he'd be sending notes to me and, um, we'd have zoom calls or, you know, we'd be texting and somehow it (laughs) worked out in a very, I feel like we were really crunching at the last minute to finish it. Our deadline was coming up fast to have the record done. Yeah. I guess it's something that I feel like a lot of bands maybe wouldn't be able to handle that or it would be maybe almost too difficult. Maybe they just end up postponing the release totally or kind of reworking it somehow. But the fact that you guys persisted is, I guess, a great testament to your friendship overall and how much you're kind of dedicated to getting this album out there and the, the songs that you've crafted to that point. 
Yeah, totally. And I think what was really, I think like, you know, Henry Tuddy and Alex and Andrew, our manager, were also um, supportive and they were definitely like, it's okay if we don't get this done in time. Like you have more important things to tend to. Um, but I think for me, it was like, I want to just do it. I want to. And I think for all of us, we had been, you know, working on it for a decent amount of time and we were just ready to be. It was going to feel good to get it done. <laughs> mm -hmm. It also like, we'd initially had a tour. I feel like most of the album we did in like March and April. And we had a tour booked for all of March, which we canceled yeah. um, because like a couple days before we were going to leave, Emily's parents got in a car accident. And then she went home and we're like, let's not tour. Like we need the time to. And then we canceled the tour. And then like the next day quarantine started and all the, all the shows got canceled anyways. Yeah. Um, and our jobs, we got like let go from our jobs. So we had like, a very unusual like space and time yeah. to just do to like make a record and I feel like that kind of like opportunity also kind of pushed us pushed us along yeah yeah we probably wouldn't have finished the record on time yeah. if we hadn't like everything hadn't been canceled <laughs> okay interesting Henry you engineered I think mixed it and produced the album was mm -hmm. that Kind of always the plan or how did that process kind of play out or change when kind of COVID hit? Um, yeah, I think we had kind of, we had toyed with the idea of maybe trying to go into a studio to do at least part of it. Um, but I have like, I've done the other stuff that we've done and I feel like we kind of have just like a flow as a band, like with like writing and then like, I can I can work on it at home and yeah we we decided I think it was like by the time we started recording that I was just gonna like record and mix it um was there another part to that question I'm sorry <laughs> well just yeah and like whether it was more challenging when COVID hit like did that change up the kind of process I suppose for you and because originally were you going to collaborate with more with other people and were you suddenly kind of alone or can I feel like it I've like um I've always kind of like worked on done like the mixing and like kind of like arranging alone anyways like we like play the songs together at practice or whatever but I do end up doing stuff on my own a lot um and I don't think I would have had nearly as much time to like try different things out if I didn't get laid off from my job because I was working like five days a week oh, wow. okay. and like was just trying to like do as much as I could when I got home from work and stuff and I was like this is just I was feeling very much like this is not gonna happen <laughs> and then like yeah and then like the restaurant I work at just closed and I was like oh my god I have so much time and it was really fun I like kind of don't, I feel like I like blacked out a little bit because I was just like, I'd wake up and like make coffee and just like work on it until I couldn't. <laughs> but it, <laughs> it was a little crazy, but it was fun. I feel like I learned a lot this time around. Do you guys feel that the, the resulting album that we are going to hear is somewhat maybe different then to how maybe you imagined it was going to be because of the situation that 
occurred that you had all this time and you kind of grown into doing it in a different way yeah I think definitely um even some of the songs that were written happened after quarantine so those songs wouldn't have even made it on or at least like how those songs turned out yeah Yeah. Um, both lyrically and instrumentally uh yeah it was a really exciting process I think and and some other people have and I think this relates to the question too in terms of some people have asked if it was really difficult to finish it apart from each other mm-hmm. and we are pretty solitary in terms of our our pieces that we do on the song so like Henry mixing or or recording guitar or recording other instruments um he does that pretty much on his own and I like will write the lyrics or the melody to the song also on my own even if we live you know a block away from each other we're still kind of writing separately from each other which made it so that we could finish it so I think the process itself was different it's not exactly what we expected but it wasn't a huge deviation from what we already were doing I think, I kind of, oh sorry Go on. oh sorry um I think it was also good because like uh like everyone kind of had like different songs that they were like working on or kind of like in charge of mm-hmm. so like we were like all separate um and we're kind of able to like work on multiple songs at once in a way that I don't think would have like happened as much if we were trying to do it all if we were together yeah would you usually do um, one song at a time if you were together yeah that process. yeah i guess i i mentioned this a bit previous and i think you know this idea of friendship and i think the album is like a wonderful testament to the close friendship that you all share i think it's something that maybe doesn't always translate or translate so clearly um maybe with other bands um, so do you think you can credit kind of the resourcefulness and kind of the enthusiasm towards completing this album to the friendship that you all have? It must have made it all so much smoother. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Definitely. I think we've gotten a lot better over the years at learning how to communicate with each other mm-hmm. in, in some ways that are more beneficial. Um, and... Yeah, and I think just like gaining a, a big level of trust with each other in terms of how we're creating and how we're working together. Um, yeah, I feel like I should have felt more stressed out than I did at the end of, of, of making this album, but it was actually like one of the, the most fun part to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like, like more than anything, this album... It, I feel like we like figured out, we've all like been friends for a long time, but I think we like really kind of figured out like our language for making music together in like a like really enjoyable and also like productive way. Mm-hmm. I think like before that we had, our like process was a little like, like it just kind of unfigured out. I think we didn't quite know exactly how to like, to do it together and like be super excited the whole time. It was like a little, yeah. Yeah, it was just kind of hard because we didn't know exactly like what everyone needed, what everyone like wanted to do. I don't know. I, I feel like we like hit a stride like pretty much when COVID hit. Or like <laughs> yeah. we've been kind of like like kind of inching towards it. We had started to approach things like um, we were like 
just like taking chords and like sending them to Emily and having the vocals be like really important to shaping the song, Mm -hmm. which is something we hadn't like thought to do concretely before. And I think once we like cracked that code, it just kind of like, it really accelerated from there. You you mentioned that obviously there's a lot of things that you kind of gained from the fact that you were not working and kind of all in isolation, but having not been able to do that tour and presumably you were going to play some of the songs that you've written for the album today on that tour. Do you think that was kind of, did that hinder you a bit? Is that like what you might use as a bit of a testing ground, how those songs come together and how you, how you might have gone on to kind of construct them for the record? I, I honestly don't think we, I think we only had one, we had two songs from the album okay. re- rehearsed for that tour. So we like, yeah, that was going to be, I think kind of, we were thinking of it as like our last tour that we'd be doing like pretty much our old set. Right. And then we were going to like come home and finish the album and then like do the new set. So it felt like a little, I remember feeling like we should be home finishing the album we're working on. Cause we were like doing it and then we're like, damn, we're about to leave for a month. Like it's going to be, like it's exciting to go touring but it was kind of like we were like in a groove and then it felt a little bit like we were gonna have to press pause um but then we didn't yeah (laughs) we finished it normally though i think yeah we would like to have played through some of the songs i think even just at practice in some sort of live capacity to understand them better um and that is one thing we did not get a chance to do so i mean like four or five, I don't even remember which songs, four or five of the songs, I feel like we never, actually all of them, except for one we had never played live until we got back together. Yeah. Like five months after the album was finished. Yeah. Is that quite strange now? So you were kind of rehearsing together these songs that you built completely, you know, in a different kind of world as it were, in terms of the recording process. That must be quite quite strange but then I guess also are you really fueled for like you really want to get out there and play them to audiences yeah it's pretty fun I would love to tour (laughs) (laughs) I want to tour so bad but yeah say la vie I feel like it's just kind of like exhilarating to be able to like play loud again with each other and like not be just like working on music on a computer it's just a totally different experience and I feel like it's at least for me been really exciting lately yeah. yeah, I remember our first practice back together. We were all like, "We're like, whoa! Oh my god, <laughs> bass! <laughs> Everything can sound loud and fun again." I guess a lot of bands say that the best part of releasing a record is you know, touring the songs, and that's something that just can't happen at the moment. So, right. and I think like for us, this project, we're I think more so than our other projects, we feel really proud of and really good about and really excited to play those songs live. Um, And I think it's just a whole other way you get get to interact with people. And um, I mean, maybe uh, in in an egotistical way, it's like a nice validation in a large sense. But um, yeah, it is a, I wish we could do her. (laughs) Yeah, how are you kind of staying is it hard to keep kind of positive? I guess you've got this run up to the record coming out, which is kind of exciting. 
interviews and things and, and kind of I'm waiting for that to drop but then afterwards I'm kind of worried about keeping kind of positive and keeping them without me to kind of take the songs out there. I think or go ahead Em. Uh, yes <laughs> I think like it's been both I've gone through some periods of time where I'm like there's absolutely nothing to look forward to like this is horrible and then periods of time where it's kind of like okay what are some things that I can do or that we can do that we can control and I think we've talked about um starting to write the second album and that's in a really exciting prospect um just because I feel like we learned so much making this first record and being able to take those things and apply it to this next project feels really exciting. Um, but yeah, it goes, it goes in waves, but um, overall I'm feeling a lot more like settled in this time, I guess, than I was before. And I guess it's like, it's not just you guys, the whole music community is in the same position. So I guess you've got kind of that support network. Mm-hmm. Totally. Which is always really great. Um, it's not kind of like you're this single band stuck in the mud as it were. <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> and it's kind of a universal pain in that respect. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a beautiful instrumental track on the record called Whispers. Um, and it's actually one of my favorites and Emily I think you're on that track yeah my dad played the song um Henry had or Henry do you want to talk about how you how that song came to be (laughs) yeah I guess um I've like I don't like play piano super well but I like understand it Mm -hmm. I guess um but (laughs) I like I used to really like a couple of these like baseball movies as a kid. Okay. Um and there's this one that has this like really crazy piano song in it. Um that I was like kind of thinking about. And I guess I just wanted to kind of like write a I wanted to write a piano song for a really long time, like just a song on piano. Um and I wanted it to feel like baseball y <laughs> home run music. What's the film called? Uh, it's called Rookie of the Year. Okay. It's about this kid who breaks his arm, and when it heals, he can pitch baseball super fast. And he joins <laughs> the, he gets to he gets drafted by the Chicago Cubs, and he's like twelve. <laughs> I need to watch this film. I'm obsessed with American sports films. Like, I'm oh, all this have you seen rocks. any any base other baseball movies? Have I? Um, yeah, the I've seen Moneyball and The Trouble with the Curve, is that one? With yeah. Um, probably Those are good ones. One about a cricketer who they brought over to play baseball because he was really great at cricket. So they used his, like, bowling arm to pitch. Nice. I think it was really there you go. Really, but it was, it was quite good. <laughs> anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um... I can't really not discuss the album title with you either because is is that a made up word? Is that a made up word? And like it is. <laughs> shed a little bit more light on what it means or kind of how that track maybe ties the songs together for you. 
that's right. That's how you do it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the last song on the album movie, Henry wrote that and sent it to us. And it was this weird, like, cartoon um, instrumental thing that he was just, like, spewing out nonsense and, like, screaming it into a microphone. And he called it movie and sent it to us. And we were like, whoa, <laughs> you doing okay? No. <laughs> It was it was really nuts, and um, I just I really like resonated with the word. I was like, I love this word, um, and I think as the album was starting to take shape, and we were we were talking about a name for the record, I was like, movie, easy, come on, you guys, we know what this album is going to be called, <laughs> and um, I think like it. We after talking about it, I think we came a consensus that it meant or it was a word that had a lot of meaning to it I think that um Henry you at one point were, were joking about how it's like a word that could be synonymous with a song in terms of like a, a, a thing an entity that like makes you move um and I thought that was funny and um I also have a big background in dance and um I'm all I'm a ballet teacher that's my other job and so I I liked the the connotation of like songs and dance as a co as a combination and um uh and and I think we were also moving around the country a lot when we were making when we started making this record we were touring a lot last year and um so that seemed to fit um I can't even remember some of the other do you are there any other like things that Kind of related to the word. I think it kind of started. Um, we had been talking, or at least I had been thinking a lot about like, um, just like sound, like movie soundtracks from movies oh, yeah. I watched as a kid, like Rookie of the Year. That like, I felt like I, that was like the music I like, like now <laughs> still. <laughs> so I was like, I guess I was like kind of thinking of the album and we had been talking about like how it relates to like movies and like kind of like cinematic presentation. And then I'd like just been thinking about the word movies a lot, like M-O-V-I-E-S mm -hmm. and like recorded a sample of the word and then like play in the song movie had like played it on the keyboard. And then it, I, I don't, I just kind of like unconsciously changed the spelling to that. And it, I don't know just kind of just felt like it really like it just kind of moved in its own way yeah um, how did yeah i forgot completely about the fact that we talked about actual movies so yeah. much making this record that feels like a long time ago now <laughs> I know. yeah there are a lot of movies i think that we were referencing um a lot of childhood movies mm -hmm. for sure cartoons i think the album has like a cartoon vibe <laughs> in a way <laughs> That last track is it's definitely quite removed sound-wise, I guess, from the rest of the record, isn't it? Yeah. I like it. And I always wonder that about naming records. Like, does it come... I guess it's different for every band, but does it come sometimes at the beginning of the process? Do you change it up multiple times through the recording process? Do you decide it right at the end? Like, I guess it, it differs every time. Um, so was that sort of in the sort of the middle process that you came up with the title, like halfway through? Was it quite near the end? It's kind of in the middle end-ish, right? 
Yeah, I think at one point Emily had like texted all of us and she was like, she's like, I, I've thought about it. Like I've come to a realization, like we should call it movies. And then she's like, I'll tell you guys about it later. Yeah, I had this like whole big, I was riding the bus and was feeling really like nostalgic and reflective and <laughs> before COVID, it was before COVID that we made that title. And I was like, oh, movies relates to how my like inner dialogue with myself is like a movie. It, I, it, was, <laughs> it was a little bit extra. <laughs> name your child in a way, isn't it? Name an album, I suppose, because the song. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I think when you like tech, like we were all pretty, we had like been thinking about that being the name a little bit. And then you had kind of been like, we should definitely do it. And I think we were all like, sure, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and like just, it just also just felt right. Just like the sound of the word. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, the whole record is, it's such a, I think it's a really warming album. And I actually think it's very uplifting which is kind of like a real kind of a real tonic for this like post-COVID life um, that we're all living through. Um, but I guess we touched on this earlier, but the future is obviously quite uncertain, particularly for the touring. Um, so how are you kind of all personally feeling at this moment? And you mentioned that you're writing a second album, which I guess is a great way to kind of distract yourselves. But what are the hopes for like this record going into like 2021? Uh, it's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm excited for it to be out. And um, it feels almost so long ago. I think like I feel detached from it in a certain way. I was just talking to the boys about how I feel like consciously I know that, you know, we worked on this record, that the, we did make it. But listening back to it a little bit, it's kind of like, I feel like I can listen to it in a way where it's like I had no part in it <laughs> or I feel like I didn't even do anything on it or I don't remember making the songs, um, which is kind of a weird feeling. But yeah, I'm excited for it to be out. And um, if people listen to it and, and take things away from it, great. If nobody listens to it, I feel like it was something that we... Um, learned so much through so there's no like loss really I think with putting this record out um but yeah I think just like thinking about the little things that you can be excited about or, or look forward to and um you know doing the press stuff has been fun and that's been exciting and that has been keeping us really busy um, and we are doing some live sessions too, we've been rehearsing for. So I think that'll be, I'm very excited to play the songs in somewhat of a live setting. Yeah. Um, and I guess, yeah, we'll see what happens with the next few years in terms of how the music industry is gonna look. Um, but for now, I think I'm just excited to start writing some more songs and see where those, see where those go. <laughs> I spoke to um, the artist that I had on um, last week for the last show um, and I kind of spoke about this expectation that kind of exists around debut albums there's almost a bit of a kind of obsessive cult kind of thing around it that it's supposed to be kind of maybe the 
the best record that a band will ever make in some respects. Did you feel that kind of expectation when you were making this record that it that it has to be the best representation of you guys right now and it's kind of as much as you've got nothing to lose it's also the chance to kind of like prove yourselves and put yourself out there and kind of make a statement yeah that's a good question i think it's always kind of in the back of your mind but um it's like you, you just can't think about it too hard i think if you like to think about it too much you're gonna do it worse <laughs> at least for me yeah. like I kind of have to like pretend that like we're making music in a vacuum that like we're not even gonna show anyone mm-hmm. otherwise there's just like too much to consider yeah that's exactly how I feel about it making music too I'm like I forget people are gonna listen to this <laughs> yeah that's that was a really good way of, of working because I feel like you can definitely could get way too bogged down in yeah in some respects you probably never finish it because you'd be tweaking it forever Um, yeah i'm almost more nervous for that uh (laughs) that mentality for the second record because you're like yeah i know you have to make the second record better than the first record yeah (laughs) that level up that dreaded second album that many people (laughs) which i don't don't think it's always the case i think you know a lot of people say that like making music and album it's kind of a journey isn't it and there's always going to be evolution so you can't expect the same thing every time or yeah to have no expectations yeah absolutely I feel yeah I feel like if we're like working on a song and it doesn't feel right I feel like as a band we're pretty pretty into not putting out music that we don't really like Mm-hmm. Like if we like were working on a second album and it like wasn't feeling good, I don't know that we would even like put it out. Yeah, yeah probably not. <laughs> I read that you actually wrote some early songs for this record and then you kind of changed track one, kind of and scrapped them and it kind of started again. So I guess are you quite confident in kind of yeah playing around and waiting till something works? Yeah, yeah. definitely, Henry. I think you're so good at being. I think you keep us in check in a sense of being like, this is not serving the song. It's not serving the song. <laughs> and even yeah. if it's like a part we like or a part where we're like kind of forcing or really want to happen, like sometimes that's just not how it's going to work. It's not the case. Um, and it's okay to be like, this isn't it. I think that was a hard thing for me to learn for a bit. <clears throat> I was kind of like, I got to like make it happen. I got to make it work. I got to make it fit. Cool. Well, thank you so, so much for talking to me. Um, I just want to quickly ask you what your favorite track on the record is. Do you collectively all have a favorite track? Is Does it kind of differ between you all? Because um, I'm going to ask you to pick a track that we can kind of play out with, which is often quite difficult when there's more than one person as a kind of... Yeah. <laughs> often there's... I a- think we might have think- the same favorite song. Is it track? No. <laughs> is, it, is it Falling Apart? I was going to say Falling Apart. Falling Apart, I think, is my favorite one. Amazing. Well, we'll play out with that. But congratulations on the record. We're so, so excited for it. And we have a Rough Trade exclusive vinyl edition, which is like a purple swirl kind of vibe, which is very cool. Which um, We wanted to call it Bowling Ball Purple, but it was too long of a... <laughs> Too long of a title for the color, I guess. 
I do all the like comms for Rough Trade, so I'll make sure to refer to it as that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> subscriptions help to support what we do so if you like what you hear then please rate us on itunes